while we just take a moment and uh, meet and greet, uh, Acts chapter 27 is where we're going to uh, we're going to start out tonight, and it is my honor and privilege uh, to be at the Solid Rock Baptist Church. Man, what an awesome name, Solid Rock Baptist Church, and uh, I appreciate your pastor. Uh, we have not known each other very long, but man, I enjoy his spirit and just getting to be around him. I appreciate his zeal and his excitement, and by the way, you ought to appreciate that too, and I know you do. Uh, and uh, but I'm I'm glad to be his friend tonight, and I'm so glad to be uh, able to be with you for a few days. And I trust that you'll uh, trust you'll be faithful, and uh, maybe invite somebody to come back with you tomorrow night. And boy, how many know that we need revival in America right now? Uh, man, oh man, are we in a mess or what? And the reason for that is because we have we've left God out. And we need to get God back involved again. And, and, uh, but I'm, I appreciate you coming. Listen, I know there's 10 million things you could have done tonight. And some of you have worked a long, hard day. You've, uh, uh, some of you started probably before the sun came up. And so by now, it's been a very long day for you. And uh, you're a little weary. And it takes a little extra oomph to come to revival. It really does. I know how it is. It's the same way everywhere you go. Uh, but I appreciate you being here, and I mean that. I, well, I don't take that for granted. I've, uh, like your pastor, I've pastored for 25 years. And, uh, and how many know everybody's tired now? Now, we're from Union Grove. They're not tired. They're tarred. Amen? I mean, I'm tired, you know. So how you doing, preacher? I'm tarred. I'm tarred. And uh, so y'all are from Granite Falls. Y'all know what tarred is, don't you? I, I know, I know y'all know what tarred is. And... Uh, uh, tarred is worse than tired, amen. And so, uh, anyway, I know you're I know you're tarred tonight. So we're not gonna we're not gonna keep you long this evening. Uh, I promise you that we will we we'll, we're uh, usually not all that long winded unless the Lord tells us to be. But I don't think we're gonna be tonight. I appreciate uh, some of your staff guys, brother Matt, and uh, well, what a blessing it's been for us to get to know him, brother Ronnie, and and uh, it's just we hope to get to meet you this week and. Uh, and get to know who you are, but thank you again for coming out and being a part of the service tonight. I appreciate that very, very much. You have a beautiful place, man, a beautiful facility, and uh, you know how many people would love to have a building like this? I mean, this is gorgeous. This is beautiful. Uh, you have a great-looking campus, and you have a lot to be thankful for and proud of it at Solid Rock Baptist Church. Amen, and uh, I know you know that, but sometimes it helps to have somebody come from the outside. And hear them say that. And so you really do have a beautiful place. And I'm glad you're here tonight. Acts chapter 27 in your Bibles tonight. And uh, if you're able to stand, if you'd stand with us tonight out of respect for the reading of the Word of God. If you're not able to stand, that's fine. That's not a problem at all. Acts chapter 27 in your Bibles. And we're going to begin in verse number 13. The Bible says, And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose... Loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete. But not long after, there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurycliton. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. And running under a certain island, which is called Clauda, we had much work to come by the boat, which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship. And fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands, strake sail, and so were driven. 
And we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, ye should have hearkened unto me, and I'm not, not of loose from Crete, and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God, that it shall be even as it was told me. Thank you for standing. You may be seated tonight. And I want to take just a few minutes if I could. And, and I want to speak tonight on the subject, I believe God. I believe God. And I just want to sort of just, uh, uh, just compliment what your pastor has already said tonight. And I want to take just a few minutes tonight, if the Lord will let me, and just brag on the wonderful God that we serve tonight. And uh, just try to give a little encouragement tonight, if I could. Uh, in these days in which we're living. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time and we'll ask the Lord to help us tonight. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be here this evening. And Lord, what a privilege to be at the Solid Rock Baptist Church. Thank you for Brother Signs and God, His vision here and God for His family and for these wonderful church folk and this family that's here tonight. And God, I pray now that you'll take uh, this time that we have together and Lord, I pray that you would give us power. I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, just touch us spiritually, touch us physically tonight. And Lord, I pray that you would please minister to this church body this evening. I pray that the Lord Jesus would be high and lifted up. I pray, Father, that He would increase. And I pray that we would decrease. I pray, Lord, that He will become the focus of the service. And God, that the spotlight of attention will be upon Him. And Lord, that Jesus will get real big tonight. And God, that we will be moved out of the way. And so, Lord, I pray that You'll encourage that one that may be discouraged and Lord, if there might be one here tonight that has never been saved and they do not know for sure that they're born again and on their way to heaven, God, what a great night it would be to come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And so, Lord, please, would you help us? Oh, God, we need you tonight. I, I pray that you'd help us, please. Father, we love you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, and for His sake, amen and amen. You've got to understand tonight that Paul and these 276 men were in the storm of their lives. The Bible says in verse 14, it's called Eurycliden or Eurycliden. Uh, basically what that means is this is the big one. That's, that's, what, it, that's what it means. It is, uh, it is for all intents and purposes... Uh, it is the perfect storm is what's happening here. Uh, Paul says this is going to be a violent agitation. That's really what that phrase means. A violent agitation. This is going to, this is not going to just blow in an east wind. 
But this is going to cause some major waves. I mean, this is going to be the big kahuna. This is going to be, I mean, man, this, you ever heard somebody say, this is not going to be good. And that's what's going on here in Acts chapter 27. I mean, man, this is going to be a very violent storm. By the time we read here tonight, we've noticed that they're on the water for many, many days. And we've noticed now that they have thrown apart and overboard anything that they could spare to keep the ship floating. Please understand, it's a time of great despair. Not just despair, but great despair. Because the Bible says that they have literally given up hope that they're going to be saved. But in the midst of this storm, the Apostle Paul comes with a brand new message. And his message is this. Everything is going to be alright. He said, and the reason I know that is because the angel of the Lord stood by me this night. Whose I am and whom I serve. And he told me that God is going to bring us through this storm. Paul is saying this. I know things don't look good right now. Paul is saying, I know that, uh, you know, I know that, boy, the waves are big. And I know that I feel the same wind that you feel. And I'm wet and cold like you are. And I'm experiencing the same seasickness that you're experiencing. And I'm tempted to give up hope like you're tempted to give up hope. But he said, there is one thing that is different from me and you. And he said, it's this, that I believe God. I love it. Paul said, I want to tell you what, fellas. I've known him long enough to know that you can depend on him. If he says he's going to do it, I promise you something, he's going to do it. Hey, I believe God. I, I've been saved now going on 35 years. I, uh, and, and boy, how many know that the longer you're saved, the more you realize you got so much to learn. Somebody said, the more you learn, the more you learn, you don't know. And, and man, how true that is. After 25 years of pastoring, I've still got so much to learn. And, and it's, it's, it, it is a learning process. But I want to tell you tonight, church, that after being saved for 35 years and pastoring for 25 years, I'm glad tonight that I can come to a church in Granite Falls, North Carolina, and tell you, you know what? That you can depend on Him. You can believe Him. Hey, He's a dependable God. He'll never let you down. He'll never falter. He'll never fail. He'll never flop. He'll never flee when the trouble is here. I just came here to tell you, hey, we serve a great and a mighty God tonight. You can believe Him. Whatever it is that you're going through tonight, I promise you something. I, I can't promise you everything, but I can promise you this. You can believe Him. I'm thankful for the great men of God down through the past who taught us that we could believe God. I thought about, I thought about Dr. H.A. Ironside. Dr. Ironside uh, pastored the Moon and Memorial Church for a number of years in Chicago, Illinois. And, and one night, Dr. Ironside was walking down a the street there in Chicago, and there was, a, there was an atheist that had drawn a crowd, and, and, uh, and uh, he was very eloquent in speech, dynamic in his delivery, and... and uh, 
uh, and, a, and a, quite a crowd had assembled. And boy, he was telling them that there is no God and that the Bible is just a book and that Jesus was just a man and that heaven was just a myth and, and hell is just a fairy tale. And, and boy, he just went on and on and, and the crowd grew larger and larger. And finally that atheist in all of his boldness and pride, he said this, he said, you know what? I'm so sure of what I'm saying that I dare anybody to come Come up here and debate with me that there is a God. H.A. Ironside was listening. H.A. Ironside made his way through the crowd. And he said, sir, I'll take you up on that challenge. I'll take you up on that challenge. But he said, not now. He said, I'll tell you what we'll do. He said, tonight at 8 o'clock. He said, I want to summon this whole crowd to come back tonight. And he said, tonight on this same street corner, I'll bring 100 people with me. I'll bring prostitutes. I'll bring drunkards. I'll bring drug addicts. I'll bring street people. I'll bring derelicts whose lives have been changed by the power of the gospel and the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll bring 100 people whose lives have been transformed. And he said, Mr. Atheist, I want you to come back at 8 o'clock and bring 100 people whose lives have been changed by what you preach. And of course he could not. Hey church, I'm going to tell you something. You can believe God. You can believe God. Hey, can I, just, can I just give you several thoughts tonight just real quickly? How about this? Number one, I wrote this down. I believe God and I believe His ways are complex. I believe His ways are complex. The Bible says in Isaiah 55 and verse number 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And how many know tonight that sometimes you just can't track Him? But I'm so glad that when you cannot track Him, you can always trust Him. You say, preacher, we've got some things going on in our life right now. The gentleman mentioned that in the, in the special. And, and you say, preacher, we've got some things going on right now. And, and I'm going to be honest with you. I don't understand God. I don't understand what He's doing. I don't understand why God would allow this to happen. Why God would allow a loved one to die. Why God would allow me to get laid off. Why God would allow me to go through a car wreck. You say, preacher, I don't understand why God would let me do these things. Hey, church, you just came here to tell you that sometimes his ways are complex. They're higher than our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts tonight. Somebody said this, my father's way may twist and turn. My heart may throb and ache. But in my soul, I'm glad I know he maketh no mistake. There's so much I cannot see. My eyelight far too dim. But come what may, I'll simply trust and leave it all to Him. For by and by the mist will lift and plain it all He'll make through all the world. Though dark to me, He maketh no mistake. How many know sometimes, man, God just does things and we're thinking, Lord, what are you doing? But I'm telling you, church, listen, I don't know if this is connecting or not, but I'm just telling you, whatever it is that you're facing, whatever it is you're going through, don't you quit. Don't you quit. Don't you throw in the towel. There is a God that loves you and has got big plans for you, but His ways are complex. 
there was a man that was on a ship and that ship went through a horrible storm and, and that ship went down and all souls were lost on that ship except this gentleman and, and, and just through fate he was, he was washed up on the shore of a desert island and, and, uh, and of course he realized that no one else had survived. And so he thought, you know, he went into survival mode. And he thought, I better, I better start doing what I've got to do to live. And so he began to salvage some boards and different things from the ship. And he began to try to build him up a little lean-to, a, a little cabin, you know, uh, would get him out of the rain, get him out of the weather. And, and so little by little, he erected this, uh, uh, this little shanty, if you will, this little, uh, little uh, shelter. And, and, he was, and it wasn't much, you understand, but, but you know what? It was the best he could do, and he was very proud of it. And he thought, at least, at least, this will get me out of the weather. He thought, well, I better scavenge for some food. And so he made his way to the other side of the island, and he began to look for fruit or bananas or nuts or anything like that. And as he was looking for food, he just happened to glance back toward his campsite, and he noticed that there was very dark black smoke that was billowing up into the sky. And he thought, Oh no. He ran back to his campsite as fast as he could run. But when he got there, I guess a coal from the campfire had popped out and hit that lean-to and, and his shelter had just burned all the way to the ground. He fell in the sand and he said, Lord, he said, I, I don't understand. You put me on this desert island. And he said, that was the only thing that I had and he said, now you've let that burn to the ground. And he said, God, I, I don't understand this and I don't understand what you're doing. And, and I'll be honest with you, church, he was tempted to become a little bitter. But it wasn't long after that. A rescue boat came to the island to rescue him. And he said, I don't understand. He said, how did you know that I was here? They said, well, we saw your smoke signal. He said, do what? They said, we saw your smoke signals. We knew this island was un uninhabited and we saw that black smoke and we figured that somebody was in trouble and, and, and they were able to rescue him and take him back to civilization. Now, what are you saying? I'm saying, brother, there are some times when you just can't figure out what God is doing. You just can't track him. But I'm glad to tell you, hey, you can always trust him. His ways are complex. How about this real quickly? His blessings are considerable. I believe his ways are complex, but also I believe his, I believe his blessings are considerable. The Bible says in Psalm 68, 19, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. I love this. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 10, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Manifold. You know what that means, church? That word manifold means various colors and various sorts. In other words, the Bible's saying this, His blessings come in all shapes and sizes. And how true that is. In fact, the Bible tells us in Malachi chapter 3 that if we'll give to the Lord like we're to give to the Lord, the Bible promises us that God will open up the very windows of heaven and pour us out such a blessing that we can't even receive it all. 
Hey, listen, I want to tell you something. Young people, I want to tell you something tonight. It pays to serve God. I've been saved for 35 years now and serving the Lord for a long, long time. And I want to tell you what, buddy, there's no regrets, no regrets. I'm so glad he's my Savior. I'm so glad I get to serve him. Hey, brother, it pays, it pays to serve Jesus. Absolutely. God takes care of his servants. I thought about, I thought about that story where, where there was a pro golfer and he received a call one day and, and there was a Saudi prince that followed this pro golfer and, and he said, sir, he said, I've got, a, I've got an odd request. He said, I'd like you to come to my country and he said, I would like you to play around the golf with me. And this Saudi prince lived in absolute luxury and wealth and I mean just a, a billionaire. And he said, I'll, I'll send my plane, we'll pick you up, we'll bring you back to my country, we'll take care of all your expenses. And so the golfer said, well, <clears throat> he said, all right, I can do that. And so sure enough, this Saudi prince uh, sent his private jet to America. It landed in the airport and the pro golfer went out there and, and it picked him up. And I mean, you talk about beautiful. Man, this, this jet was beautiful. It flew into the, to the prince's country there and, and, uh, man, they put him up in lush accommodations and, and they played their round of golf and everything went great. And he was getting ready to go back home. And the Saudi prince said, sir, he said, I, he said, I wanna, I wanna do something for you. And the golfer said, sir, there's no, no use in that. He said, man, you've flown me over here. You're flying me home. He said, you put me up in beautiful, uh, beautiful accommodations. And, and the Saudi prince said, no, sir, no, sir. I, I want to do something for you. Thank you for coming over here and playing with me. I want to do something for you. And, and he just would not relent. And so finally the pro golfer said, well, he said, all right. And, uh, and the Saudi prince said, what would you like? And the golfer said, I don't know. He said, <clears throat> he said, I'll tell you what. He said, I collect golf clubs. He said, send me a golf club. And the Saudi prince said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's what I'll do. Well, <clears throat> he went back home and several weeks passed. I mean, several weeks passed. He never did get his golf club and he thought, he thought, you know what, man, I wonder when it's coming and I wonder what it'll be like. And you know what, maybe, maybe it'll be a solid gold putter. I wonder if maybe it'll be, maybe it'll have a pearl inlay, you know, maybe, maybe it'll be a, maybe it'll have a camel hide, you know, a, 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 a grip on it, you know, and, and he was trying to think about, boy, what this, what this golf club was going to look like. And several weeks passed. He went to his mailbox one day and he pulled out a brown envelope, like a manila folder type envelope and he noticed that the prince's name was on the envelope and he thought, this isn't a golf club. You can't fit a golf club in this. He opened that envelope and he pulled out some very legal documents and inside was the deed and ownership of a golf club. No, not a golf club. A golf club. I'm talking about greens, and fairways, 
and golf carts and fountains and tennis courts and swimming pools. Now, what now? What are you saying? I'm saying here was a man that was thinking little, but here was a prince that was thinking big. And I thought about this. You know what, brother? That's how my God is. When I think little and when I think small, I'm glad. I have a God who doesn't think like that. And He blesses me beyond measure. <laughs> what a God. What a God we serve. I believe his ways are complex. I believe his blessings are considerable. But then I thought about this, church. I believe his mercy is compelling. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 7 and verse number 25, Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost. And somebody said, even to the guttermost. He'll take you from the mire and put you in the choir. And how true that is. I'm thankful for this, that when I could not go to where he was, he came to me. I I wrote this down. I'm not only not a Calvinist. I believe that God goes out of his way to save people. Y'all believe that? I believe it. I'm just telling you, man, that's the kind of God I serve. I mean, man, he stretches out his hands. He stretches out out his arms to try to save people. And he wants his his people to be with him. His mercy is compelling. He goes to great odds and great complications and great inconveniences to try to save the lost. Y'all with me tonight? He was the pastor. He was the pastor of the Almighty God Tabernacle. He was working late. He was working late at night. And so he thought, you know what? I better call my wife and let her know that I'm going to be late. And so he got his phone and he dialed the number, called his home, and it rang. And he knew his wife was home, but she never answered. So he let it ring and ring and ring. She never answered. So he thought, where is she at? So he just let it ring and ring and ring and ring. And he thought, surely she's going to finally come and... And, uh, and man, it just rang off the hook. She never came. He finally hung up the phone. And he thought, man, what in the world? So he just picked the phone back up, dialed his number. It rang one time. She answered. She said, hello. He said, where have you been? She said, honey, what are you talking about? He said, I just called. And he said, man, I let the phone ring off the hook. She said, sweetheart. I don't know what you're talking about, and I don't know where you called me. She said, you didn't call here. The phone never rang. And the pastor just sort of scratched his head and thought, man, that don't make any sense. Until several days later. He was in his office, and his phone rang. And a voice on the other end said, why did you call me? And the pastor said, I'm sorry, sir, do what? He said, why did you call me the other night? And the preacher said, sir, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't call you. He said, yes, you did. He said, you called. And he said, pastor, he said, you didn't know this. He said, but he said, when you called, he said, I was at the bottom. He said, I was as low as I could go. My wife just left me. He said, I didn't feel like I had anything worth living for. And he he said, I went to the drawer and I pulled out a revolver and I loaded it up. And he said, I caught back the hammer and I stuck it to my head and I'm just getting ready to, to pull the trigger. And he said, all of a sudden, I right before I pulled the trigger, I said, God, if you're out there and if you care and if you don't want me to do this let me know and he said all of a sudden 
My phone started ringing. He said, I never moved. I never moved. But he said, it kept ringing and ringing and ringing and ringing. How many know that in the little caller ID box, a lot of times it shrinks the name down. Don't forget this pastor, pastor of the church called the Almighty God Tabernacle. This suicidal man finally looked over to the phone and the caller ID box, it said, call from Almighty God. That man said, I... That man said, I started shaking. I started shaking. He said, he said, preacher, I didn't answer it because he said, I've never got a phone call from Almighty God. Amen. But you know what I figured? I figured if God cared enough to call me on the telephone, that God probably didn't want me to do this. Hey, I just came here to tell you that, brother, there is a God that has mercy, that's ever reaching and ever so compelling. What a God we have today. Man, what a God. You can believe Him. You can trust in Him. I believe. His ways are complex. Sometimes you just can't figure Him out. I believe that His blessings are considerable. I believe that His mercy is compelling. And then church, let me end on this note tonight if I could. I believe His coming is close. I believe His coming is close. Now you say, preacher, you say, Brother Pope, preacher's been preaching that for years and years. I've heard Brother, Brother Steins preach that. He's preached that and preached that and preached that. I got that. But you understand that we're living in times now like we've never lived in. It used to, preachers would preach about things that are going to happen. Now we're preaching on things that are happening. I believe His coming, I believe His coming is close. Right before we close tonight, would you do, do me a favor and take your Bibles and turn to, to Daniel chapter 12 tonight. Daniel chapter 12, I just want to show you a little something just real quick and, and we're, going to go, we're going to let you go to the house. Daniel chapter 12 in your Bibles. And I want you to look with me please at verse number 4. Daniel chapter 12 and look at verse number 4. With me tonight, if you will. Notice what the Bible says. God is giving Daniel revelation about the end times, what's getting ready to happen. And so look what he says in Daniel chapter 12 and verse number 4. He says, But thou, old Daniel, shut up the words. And he said, Daniel, seal the book. Would you read with me, please, the next seven words? Read it with me. Ready? Even to the time of the even to the time of the end. He said, Daniel, seal it up. Even to the time of the end. Notice what he says. When that time of the end comes, he says, There many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Do you know the Bible seems to tell us there that when the end time is getting close, that several things are going to happen. Number one, the Bible says many shall run to and fro. In other words, I believe that means this, that travel and transportation are going to explode with growth. You understand that in Jesus' day, 
The mode of transportation that they used in Jesus' day was horses. Maybe camels some, but horses. But wait a minute. I'll tell you what let's do. Let's hit the fast forward button. Let's go to say, uh, let's go to Alexander the Great's day. Do you know how Alexander the Great got around? With horses. But wait a minute. Let's fast forward again. Let's go to uh, let's go to George Washington's day, the first president of the United States, George Washington. You know how George Washington got around? They rode horses. But wait a minute. I'll tell you what, let's do. Let's fast forward to uh, the 16th president of the United States, Abraham Lincoln. You know how Abraham Lincoln got around? They rode horses. Anybody remember how Marshall Dillon got around? Rode horses. I knew I'd get on your level finally. I knew it. They rode horses. In fact, you know what they tell us? They tell us that in that day that the stagecoach, if the roads were good, that the stagecoach could travel at a whopping 10 miles per hour. Man, that is moving. Now, this is all I'm saying, church, and I, we're about done, but I want, you, I want you to stay with me. This is all I'm saying. You understand that for millenniums of time, that transportation and travel have all followed the same pattern until the last 100 years? Do you know now that we have trains that travel 357 miles an hour all while a man is working on his laptop and sipping a cup of coffee? 357 miles an hour. Did you know that the, the, the jet Airbus A380, uh, did you know that it can hold, uh, it can hold 800, this boggles my mind, 853 people and travel 634 miles an hour? Now, just, just think with me, and I'm done. For years and years and years and years and years and years, we're riding horses. And the Lord said, when the time of the end comes, something's going to change. Many shall run to and fro. Transportation, travel is going to go crazy. You understand that when the, when the, when the uh, pilgrims left Plymouth, England, and sailed to Cape Cod, you understand, church? It took them 36 days. 36 days to cross that ocean. 36 days it took them. And now we have a plane that's been made. We can make that trip in under an hour. Y'all with me? The Bible says, hey, in that end time, when Jesus is about to come, that travel and transportation will explode. How about this? We're going to bring this thing to a close. The Bible says knowledge shall be increased. 1877, the first phonograph was made. And all the kids are saying, a what, preacher? A phone a what? A phonograph. That's a record player. And still all the kids are saying, a record what? A, a record player. And uh, now all the older folk know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Amen. And uh, uh, kids, it, just lo- it used to look like a, a CD, but it's bigger. Amen. And uh, uh, 1877, the first phonograph. 1879, the first light bulb was invented. 1913, the first talking, moving pictures. In March, uh, March the 10th, 1876, the first sentence was completed over a very primitive telephone. But all of a sudden now... <laughs> My wife and I were on vacation just about a week or so ago. We were in Orlando, Florida. And this, this, I'm telling you, brother, this, time just, this blows my mind. We were in Orlando, Florida. Our kids and, our, and especially our grandkids are in California. And it's bad having your kids out there, but it's real bad having your grandkids out there. And we're missing Taylor May and Mason so bad. 
And so my wife and I said, we want to do something for them. They had made that long track out to California and been in, they'd been in that car for a lot of days. And so, get this now. My wife and I, I pulled out my iPhone. We're standing in a food court. We're not at a counter. We're not at a, a concierge. We're, we're just standing in a food court. And on my iPhone, I purchased a gift card to Toys R Us. I purchased that gift card. We're still standing in the same place. I purchased that gift card. And then I take and send that gift card 3,000 miles to California. I then text my son and say, son, check your email. We just sent something to the girls. And in less than five minutes, they had that gift card. Now, I'm going to tell you all, I don't know about y'all, but for a, for a guy that's not very tech savvy, that is absolutely amazing. But you understand that your Bible says, when he's about to come, knowledge shall be increased. We're done. But the Bible says this also in the time of the end that the world will be unraveled. I'm not going to have you go there tonight for sake of time, but Matthew chapter 24 tells us that how that's going to be. Now somebody says, Preacher Matthew 24, that's tribulation. That's true. That's true. But do you understand that our world is taking on that resemblance of the tribulation period right now? Who would have even thought, hey, Solid Rock, who would have even thought that we would be watching things happen in Charlotte, North Carolina, just a few minutes away, just a few minutes away. I mean, literally things unraveling, people out of control. They can't even control the people. They've got to bring in the National Guard. What's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. Jesus is about to come. That's exactly what's going on. Our youth pastor and his wife just had twins. They already had two kids. They just had twins. Little Jonathan and Bernadette. And somebody says, Preacher, how did they know? How did they know when it was time? I'll tell you how they knew. When they were going down the road in their van, and Mandy said to Brother Brandon, Brandon, something's happening. I'm having labor pains. You better get me to the hospital quickly. And by the way, he did. And it was just a few minutes. And she delivered twins. You know what I believe tonight, church? I believe the world we live in right now is right smack dab in the middle of labor pains right now. Things are happening we've never seen. Things are happening we've never preached. I mean, brother, things are... You know know what's going on? The stage is being set. I'm going to tell you all, if I was in this service tonight and I wasn't born again, I'm going to tell you, I wouldn't even wait till the preacher got up here. I'd run down to this aisle, this, this altar, and I'd say, Lord, I don't want to take a chance of Jesus coming me not being ready. I don't want to go to hell. I want to be in heaven with you one day. And I'm telling you, if I was in this church tonight and I didn't know that I know that I know that I'm born again, I'm going to tell you what, brother, I'd make sure I got it settled tonight. I'd get saved tonight. Are you ready? You say, preacher, this is revival. I know it. I, I, I understand that. But revival is a great place to get saved. And if you're here tonight and you're not ready, you say, preacher, you know, I don't know for sure that if Christ came tonight, did you know we may never make it home? And if Christ came tonight, do you know that 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 you're saved?
I'm glad I can tell you, church, I believe God. And you can as well. Our Father, we thank you so much.